Hey, welcome to the Spiritual Geek Out Podcast. I'm your host, Diane Hudock, where we have fun talking about the phenomenal and the fascinating. From angels to energy healing, from mystical places to mystical teachings, this is a place where we nerd out on the science of the soul. So today, my guest is Alicia Doss Hayes, and she is a doctor of spiritual science. She's a minister and a spiritual intuitive. And I have her on here today because she works very closely with an area of great interest to many, which is the area of the angelic realm, working with the angels. So Alicia, thank you so much for being here. It's very much my pleasure. Thank you for having me course. So let's jump right in and talk about what was the starting off point? What was the impetus for you working with this area in your life with angels and helping people connect with angels? Um, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to pinpoint an exact moment. I can tell you when I was a child, um, I had a, a really traumatic experience when I was very young, three or four, and it was a kind of experience where it could have caused a, 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 a psychotic break. You know, it was very intense. Um, and I was very much aware of these beings with me. I didn't know who they were, okay. but I knew they were keeping me safe. Right. And, and, um, and keeping me whole. Yeah. And, and then uh, fast forward a few years when I was seven, eight, nine, I started writing this, um, let's call it poetry. And it started freaking people out because, because I was writing about things that I couldn't know, like childbirth and describing these things so accurately. And, you know, this is rural Indiana and, um, and I was different anyway, because I'm half Indian, half English. And, you know, so I learned to keep my mouth shut. And it was even freaking out my parents. And it wasn't until I really left home around, um, um, went to college and then started um, really starting on a spiritual path. And the only thing that was available, and in, in, by that time I was in the deep South, was Christianity. And I would have these ecstatic experiences, but didn't fit into the church, you know. And so to to answer your question about angels there was many events along the way and i didn't know it was angels until around 20 21 22 i gone on a, a spiritual path and i basically said to my teacher why don't i get this level and why am i always like walking off cliffs yet i never die I'm, i mean literally like it was like uh, i don't know you know, like, God, dude, really, you like drop me off here and make me so unable to, to cope, but nothing ever happened. Like I would literally, if people would drive with me and be terrified because I'd be like driving half into cars, but nothing ever happened. Mm. And I moved to New York city on my own when I was 20 with no parental support and, you know, would like walk over homeless people on the way to my apartment and nothing ever happened. And, and I, and I, but I said to my spirit teacher, like, why don't I get this place? And he said, it's because you're recently from the angelic realm. And they don't have time and they don't have bills and they don't have that kind of thing. And that, and I went, oh, that's what those experiences were. And I started slotting things in. And then I met a woman who was a high teacher in the angelic. And she looked at me and she's like, 
you know, my gut basically said, you know, you're, you're mine. <laughs> no, you're, you're one of mine. And, um, and, and, uh, and this started me on my angelic journey where I heard my, remember my angelic name, which is a whole, I can explain what that is in a moment. And, and then I ended up not, I realized it wasn't the highest good to continue with her, but that started me then hearing the angelic language. And then it just took off from there and then became very conscious where I was, I would say as this will sound a little odd, but as conscious there, or we should say, I guess I should say almost as conscious in the angelic as here. And I started hearing the, and being able to speak the language started having all these experiences at this age um, of bridging the two levels where I knew that I was more way more, my soul was more way more, had way more experiences in the angelic than the human. And I was very new here and I'd come here to help bridge the realms as odd as that may sound. And then that was, you know, that was decades ago and started getting all this information. As I said to you, I tried to pick up books and I would just drop them like they would burn me, but um, because I had to go directly and, I started working with people and they started having experiences. And then I started working with groups. And then I would share this thing that was like, okay, this is so outrageous, you know, from the angelic or about the angelic. And I'd see a sea of nodding heads, you know, hundreds of them. And, and it just, it just, it was like, I was always in that, but not conscious of it. It was really the consciousness that started awakening. Mm. You bring up a, a few really important points in what you just shared. One is that you had to go directly. It's like we can read all the books in the world, but it doesn't mean that it's going to create any sort of transformation or awakening or uh, pramonic sight, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I feel, and we talk about this a lot in my other podcast episodes, there's that through line where, you know, we cannot you can't question direct experience, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And right. So going directly at the end of the day is like where it's at. And so you could read all the books that you want. Not that it's bad. Read all the books that you want on angels. Mm-hmm. But until you go directly, how do you know that you know? A hundred percent. I couldn't agree more. And when I, when I work with people, when I do my classes and I've, I've done hundreds of classes at this point, that's always my focus is don't believe me, check it out for yourself. Let's experience what I'm talking about. Let's allow a trans, you know, because I do my very best and it's taken me decades to really um, get it right is not the way to say it, but to um, be effective at it, which is to speak from spirit, not about it. Right to speak from the angelic, not about it, to be a a conduit Mm. that took decades to learn and thousands upon thousands of hours in spiritual seminars and thousands upon hours of working with spiritual practitioners and working with spiritual teachers and, you know, took all that to simply be a, be a conduit to the best of my ability. You've chopped a lot of wood. (laughs) I have, and I'm sure I will be chopping a lot of wood tomorrow. <laughs> you know, it's always beginner's mind. As I was saying, I mean, I've done uh, many degrees and just thousands of workshops and, and facilitated hundreds of workshops. And I'm, I just joined a nine-month course to start. I'm always in a, in a course or workshop because 
you know, it's hard to see our own karma. I can, I can look at my own past lives, but it's like, I always want that objective party to say, oh, on, 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 off. Right? Mm-hmm. I think we all need each other. For sure. Right? What does the angelic realm or language sound like? Hmm. Well, those are kind of two different questions. Which, which is more juicy to you? Which would you like to know more? Well, my mind, because I work with frequency, my mind's kind of drifting off or directing me to, well, every realm has a particular frequency. There must be a frequency of the angels, but then I'm going to, it's going to, it's, it's going to have me ask you another question, which is, well, there's all kinds of angels and different dominions of angels and different authorities of angels and there's archangels and then there's fallen angels and then there's a whole myriad of frequencies. And then maybe, maybe I'm guessing there's a language for each frequency, just like there's a tonal pathology for each disease in the body. There must be, I'm guessing a tonal um, landscape for mm-hmm. each dimension, therefore each angel that's working in that specific dimension. Is any of that accurate? <laughs> well, you know, I, and I could let my mind answer you and all my experience and I'm gonna let a great archangel answer you. So my, my, question, my answer is first and always, I don't know, because that's how I get out of the way. I go into the divine unknowing. Yeah. Right? And so let's let's see who wants to answer that. So this is the great archangel Mikael. Now I'm not channeling because I'm very cognizant. I'm very present with you, Diane. It's more that I'm speaking from that consciousness, or that consciousness is speaking in concert with you and I. Got it. Right? But obviously Mikael knows all like whatever is infinity more than I do about this, right? So or just about infinity more than I do about this. So um so what I'm hearing from him is the angelic presence predates the human, as we were discussing by many, 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 many millennia. Angels and humans are on a parallel existence. Angels like humans exist through every level. So all the levels you know of, of consciousness into the soul. Now, once the, an angel evolves, and there will be an answer to your specific question, but once an angel evolves to archangel, then they're at the level of the human soul. And then they keep evolving through the levels of consciousness, just like humans. So if you say, well, what does the angelic realm sound like? Um, if if I had to oversimplify and um, really not give you an exact answer, but give you more an answer that points towards it, it sounds like the most beautiful beings you can imagine praising the name of God endlessly. Mm. It's extremely joyous. It's ecstatic. It's blissful. Now, do angels angels evolve just like we do? So. Do they have their karma and their challenges? And of course, it's a different way of evolution. That's why it's so exciting to me to be now teaching this to others and working with others to 
know their own archangelic heritage and bridge into the great archangelic while they lightly wear a human body, angels and humans evolve oppositely. Evolve oppositely. Angels are born in absolute remembrance of God. They evolve as they go through archangel and above into the free choice individuation that humans are born in. Humans are born in free choice and individuation. I'm Mary, you know, you're Diane, that's John, you know, uh, and in free choice. If I want to, you know, lop my baby sister on the head, I can, right? Humans evolve to that absolute surrender and conscious awareness of God that angels are born in. Angels evolve to that co-creatorship that humans are born in. So when you access your archangelic heritage, when you work with the great archangels, you expedite your own consciousness of God. And you are a self-realized being who is freely choosing into the absolute remembrance of God. The freely choosing is the human, the absolute remembrance is the angel. So when I work with the angelic, it's, it's as beautiful as they are, it's not about just connecting to these gorgeous beings. It's about connecting to God with their archangelic significant boost up. Very in concert and complement to one's spiritual path, whatever their path might be. Got it. So does everyone have a committee of angels around them? <laughs> Uh, I think we'd have to define our terms by committee of angels, but if by committee of angels, you mean like the, do the angels work with everyone? Is that kind of what you're asking? Well, that's actually another question I was going to lead into. It's like, well, um, does everyone have a guardian angel or are there people that don't have guardian angels or is guardian angel just something that we've made up to make us feel better? But there's something else. I actually think that it's what I hear, what I've heard, is that guardian angels were the first way that God merged the realms, made the realms permeable. There was the human and there was the angelic. There was the angelic a long time before the human, which is why I say we have angelic heritage. Not everyone, by the way. But most people on the planet. Who doesn't um, have heritage? Oh, there are people who um, who just have gone through the human plan and haven't done anything with angels. Those are usually newer souls. Okay. There are people who've gone through other kinds of heritage, but most have had that angelic because it predated the human by so long, right? Um, and then there are people who have more of a deva or a nature spirit. Um, heritage, but that's in the same realm as angels. So very closely connected. Okay. Right. Uh, and then there's elementals. There's, you know, air, earth, water, fire. That's also in the same realm as the angelic. So also very connected. Um, but yeah, there are those who, who didn't go through the angelic. Um, but again, probably would be newer souls. Does that mean everybody can remember? Of course not. Some people might've gone through the angelic and then they spent all the rest in the human. And that's going to be their focus. But it's a very rare person if you really sit with them and, and a presence comes through that won't have some sort of resonance. 
I mean, why are angels ubiquitous? They're in Judaism, in Christianity, in Muslim, in Islam, in Hindu, with atheists. Atheists believe in angels. Why are they so ubiquitous? It's crazy, isn't it? There's very few things that are like that. There's a great teacher that says, you know, people may not believe that I'm a great healer or a conduit of healing, but I'm sure you all believe in the parking angel. And everybody <laughs> and goes, yeah, I believe in the parking angel. I may not believe <laughs> in guy, but uh, or you're working. Uh -huh. so, so, you know, this person or that being or that being, uh, but they all believe in the parking angel. So who doesn't believe in the parking angel? Exactly. exactly. Angel. Nobody, right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And, and, um, and to answer your question, so I think guardian angels are real. Okay. They are not archangels usually. They are guardian angels. See, they are, do they, you know, yank us off cliffs and, and um, you know, protect us from, you know, flying objects and, and car accidents and whatever. Absolutely. We hear stories about that all the time. So what's in it for them? What's in it for them is, of course, being of service, but it's also they learn. Remember, I said they angels evolve oppositely to humans, and I only gave you a couple examples. There's a lot of examples. Um, they learn more about co-creatorship, about free choice through us, through working closely with us. And we can have more than one guardian angel. We can hang out with our guardian angel. We can talk to them. We can... Um, we can um, ask them for assist with higher guidance. Now, I have to tell you, I wouldn't suggest, yes, the guardian angel is beautiful. And do I suggest being a little bit aware of them? Sure. But I also suggest spending the lion's share of your time, if you're going to hang out with angels, hanging out with the great archangels. Mikael, Gabriel, Raphael, there's others who are not nearly as well known, but are just as high. Um, so that would be my recommendation. How many archangels are there? Well, that's where, and that is literally why I Googled Googleplex. I, I literally Googled what is the biggest number? And what I got was Googleplex, which is what Google was named after. So crazy. So, never knew right? I, I didn't either until I Googled that. I think there are Googleplex angels <laughs> or more. I think there are probably about, and again, I'm asking, about a trillion archangels. Now, here's where it gets crazy. How many great archangels? About 30 to 50. So great archangels. So there's archangels, like a trillion. And then there's about mm -hmm. 30 to 50 in that are just at the top of the top of that. Pin top of the top of the top. So it's, it's, can I grossly oversimplify something? Please, yeah. So this is not ambitious. This is just kind of simple. But in the beginning... <laughs> <laughs> this is how we learn. This is important. <laughs> so, obviously, this is not to represent all the cosmology. It's just to kind of give you a concept. Sure. So, there was God, and and God um, created, and then individuated to know what it had created. I could say to know what he created, what she created, you know, but. Um, what it had created, so it individuated, I think, one of the very first individuations was, were these great archangels, right? Just a few beings. And then, and then the Trinity was formed, and then, 
and then archangels and then angels and then later as a latter day experiment humans humans of course we know hue means god and man is man yeah humans and um those very pristine rare beings those first individuations now we're great archangels the only individuation no of course not there were other early individuations as well but those great archangels then became repositories for god's learning in certain areas for example i'm just seeing which one they're going to give me for you well let's take gabriel for you we talked about your resonance with gabriel god right um so a little bit closer to the angelic languages gabriel so gabriel is the angel of messaging and of communication but not just you know things like the annunciation where he told mary she'd birth jesus but it's really that stepping down of essence into visible into form through words or through messaging as, as i shared you know what we could call signs like the woman who had this pond for decades and now she's she's in my master class so she's focusing on angels and all of a sudden there was a a flurry of white feathers on the pond nobody has any idea with it like all over this huge massive pond all over it nobody knows so it's just these fun sort of god you know you're invisible help me bring you more into experience so gabriel would be the angel of that kind of communication of god from god of god and so gabriel then would be a repository of that god's learnings in that area and then gabriel all the great archangels are more beingness mm -hmm. than being right they're more consciousness than beings and then they have been evolving ever since so imagine how high they are very high so it's really an encouragement to connect in with these high beings in a way that's way bigger than we had thought in the past right way higher and to come into that sweet remembrance of your own archangelic nature hmm. and all for the purposes of awakening to god so you answered my question there because some people will be some people might say well why do i need to know my archangelic why do i need to know my archangelic nature and they might and you'd say well so you can awaken into god but let's play this card because i have some <laughs> friends that are uh my best friend is atheist so uh -huh. these conversations she's very open so and that's why i love her yeah but we respect each other's opinions and she's just an atheist mm -hmm. but she's open to the possibility that she's wrong or mm -hmm. that exist what would you mm -hmm. say to someone who doesn't really care about awakening to their god consciousness but they're curious how angels can help them well here's what i would say and hopefully it would be it'll be helpful for others have you ever sat by a river or by the ocean and been aware of the presence of magic 
just the incredible ecstasy of existence. And in that moment of grace, has any part of you wondered if you could experience that more on a more consistent basis, not just when there's some sort of confluence of all the natural elements and you sit there and experience that moment of bliss. But what if you could court that? What if you could experience that on a more consistent basis? What if you could be more causative of those moments of magic that transport you out of yourself, just like when you fall in love for the first moment and you're like, oh my goodness, I just, I love this. I want to feel this all the time. And then they blow your no- their nose and you don't feel that all the time anymore right? And then it becomes normal. What if you could court those moments of otherness, those moments of ecstasy, and you could consistently call them to you? Let me introduce you to the elements of the ocean and the song of the wind and the look in your child's eyes when they tell you they love you or your spouse or your pet. We kind of need to call that essence something so we can call it to us. For the sake of argument, what if we call it angels? And what if you could walk with that consciousness of bliss and joy and altitude more consistently? Would you be interested? I've worked with thousands of people at this point and they've had that experience. I don't know if I could assist you with that, but probably be a lot of fun along the way. And in my opinion, that's your heritage. And it's a heritage of every being that walks this planet. Mm. Beautiful. You mentioned that you came or you were told by a teacher that you came from the angelic realm. Which begs the question that I've had people ask me, which is not my area of expertise to even answer. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, no, no, no. We're humans first. And then once we burn enough karma off and we're done with this world, then we get to go be angels. And then we can like the show, touched by an angel, we can come down Mm -hmm. and we can help the humans because we have elevated this karmic um, cycle. But you say you came from the angelic realm and then came down here to experience the human experience. Can you talk a bit about that and just blasting any preconceived notions of the order of things? (laughs) Sure. I I, I have the... um not enviable position of often kind of bringing a different paradigm to what people had thought. So <laughs> it's not, it's not an enviable position. <laughs> so we, we, we appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, here's my experience. And I kind of intimated this already, but there's again, going to in the beginning, you know, angels were created first. But that doesn't mean angels are higher. Archangels are higher. Great archangels are way, 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 way higher. But humans, the human realm and the angelic realm is a parallel realm. So that means 
humans, there could be, let's have Joe on the street, could be way more evolved than, you know, Joe Rael Angel, who was just sparked from God and is like, oh, cool, let me go lop off heads. That's fun. Next lifetime. Oh, let's rape and pillage. Oh, cool. Next lifetime. Right. So, meanwhile, Joe in the human has been, you know, incarnate for many, many lifetimes and is a Buddhic master. Right. So, you can't say that Joe Rael is higher than Joe just because Joe Rael is an angel. Mm-hmm. Right. So there are beings much more evolved and lesser evolved than the human. There's beings much more evolved and lesser evolved than the angelic. As you get to the archangelic, they are higher. But are there humans that are as high as archangels? Only when they touch into their soul, when they're in the soul level, and they tap into their soul and that soulic consciousness, that spark of the divine, that higher wisdom, et cetera. We don't walk around in soul consciousness, regrettably. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I certainly have two hands and a foot in the air on that one, right? Um, you know, we've got to tune into it, right? So, in my experience, likely most people, certainly myself, were angels first. Then we may come to the human level to learn more about free choice, as we talked about before, or to serve, or because we want to evolve faster. And this level is more challenging, it just is my experience, right? So we come here and we learn. Now, often, if you are an angel, you don't come directly to the human level as a human. Why? Because angels are one with God's will and God's will is disseminated to them from the angel above. So an angel would likely have to evolve pretty much to an archangel, might be a low archangel, but an archangel, and then come to the human level. So that it's not too much of a shock to their system. So they have a little taste of free choice. Because when they evolve to an archangel is when they have that taste of free choice of individuation. Then they come here and they're like, what was I thinking again? This place is really hard. <laughs> right? <laughs> Can I squeeze back into my pastel robes and go praise God continuously, whom I never forget? <laughs> my mind. Yeah. And just to complicate that a little further, we can go back and forth too. Then we are like, okay, I've learned this. Now I'm going to go back into the angelic as an archangel. And then I'm going to come back into the human. And, and then we go into other realms. We go into other planets. We go into other galaxies and dimensions and et cetera. Are the angels, there must be angels designated to other galaxies. And dimensions. Of course. Right. Okay. Just get that off the table. Okay. Done. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, you know, they talk about the cherubim and the seraphim, right? Well, back to what you were saying earlier, I believe they've talked about angels in the Old Testament and the New Testament Testament about 125 yes. times, if my number is correct. Well, you have, you have better intel than I do. Oh, that's I did not know that. The Googleplex system, Alicia. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, but how many times they talk about angels in the Bible? <laughs> 75 times. They could be wrong, but that's what I got. I love that. What, 175, is that what you said? It was 175 times angels are mentioned. Mm-hmm. I believe that, yeah. And then, of course, that doesn't count all the other texts, whether it be... Quran, the- and the, yeah, absolutely. That's right. Yeah. So when we talk about other cultures, like the Hindu culture, where we have the Devis, we have the deities, we have mm-hmm. Hanuman, we have Ganesh, we have Lakshmi, we have Lord Morgan, we have Parvati, we have Shiva, right? Go on and on. Mm-hmm. They're all aspects of the divine. The mm-hmm. angels are aspects of the divine. Mm-hmm. And 
I guess we, of course, were aspects of the divine, but are these deities, like in the Hindu culture, would you say they're really like angels or is it something completely different? So I asked and the angel that I heard was present to answer this question is not an angel you've probably heard of. Um, I call them Eomrael, like E is the is the sound of exquisite joy in the angelic. Om, of course, we know. Eomarael. A little bit closer would be Eomarael. Closer to the angelic. I'm kind of doing the angelic about 20% here because to really do it would be a little too sacred for more of a public setting. But um, um, so that angel, remember I said the archangels are like repositories of God's experience? Yes. So that angel, I would call to grossly oversimplify it, God's memory of all things that have occurred in time and space. Because of course, spirit, the angels go well beyond time and space. And by the way, angels don't have any sense of time and space. So one way you can know if you're an archangelic immigrant is you might not have to be all that awesome with time and space, meaning like terrible sense of direction, not really know what time it is, you know, get lost a lot, um, kind of feel disoriented with this body thing, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Because angels organize their karma, not by time and space, but by function and service. I'm keenly aware that, again, that it's, this is not about what I know. It's about what they know. Um, so what I'm hearing is there are angelic entities in the Hindu tradition that are sometimes called gods or deities. Some are angelic and absolutely are directly from the angelic realm. Lakshmi would be an example of that. Um, And some are like Hanuman, pure, pure cosmic earth form, right? Not angelic. Um, I don't really know my Hindu gods, but um, give me an example of another name and I can tell you. Uh, Lakshmi, Morgan. Um, th- that's- Morgan was angelic. Um, I mean, there's the god Shiva and Parvati, uh, wife of Shiva. Shiva and uh, Shiva is not angelic. Parvati is. So, okay. so if we go through each, and, and how do I know that? I don't know that. I'm just tuning in. I'm just going on the frequency. Now, here, here's like, this is actually kind of embarrassing. I'm half Indian, East Indian. My name, Das, is very, it's like Smith in India, right? But I, and, and my, and I always loved that. I kind of considered myself Hindu and Christian in culture, but I never really studied the Hindu religion because mm-hmm. my parents separated when I was very young, but I love it. I just love it. And I love everything to do with India, you know, but I, but the reason I say that is because it's not like I knew each of those deities you know, maybe I should, but I didn't. It's just, it's just a, a tuning in. I'm letting them give the answers. I don't actually walk around and just ask questions. I don't, I'm not even allowed to, right? If I want to ask them, they're like, oh, shut up, right? Because it has to have service. It has to have a purpose to it. And the whole purpose for me of exploring that whole realm is all about God consciousness and all about assisting people to 
greater awaken to their higher nature. We don't have to call it God, like with, with our, with your friend, you know, we can just call it that higher nature, that truest self. Right. Absolute joy. Hmm. Living and having a great life here on planet earth. hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah eradicating the suffering as best you can, knowing that suffering is inevitable. So just having the best life you can have, period. Here's Absolutely. Some- Do you see angels, Alicia? Do you see winged beings with your eyes? I can't even believe how much I love that question. And I get asked it all the time. Like, that's pretty much the first question. <laughs> No, because (laughs) most people don't see these things. You know, we talk about all the Claire's a lot on on my show because people coming on this show, many of them have Claire sentience, Claire audience, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, people want to know what that is like, knowing that somewhere within them, they know that that's possible for them too. If they tune in, they can have an experience. How could it not be possible for them? They're a spark of God. Yeah, it's what it's all about. Do you know? Um, So to answer your, so I want to answer questions and then I want to kind of be a cheerleader for people wondering that for themselves. So do I see angels? No, I, well, yes. Okay, yes, I was trying to cheat and say no. Yes, I see angels, but I more know them. Do I see wings and fat babies and, you know, big swords? Um, if I do, I know they're only doing, they're only anthropomorphizing because I need that. They're being symbolic. So do they look like, you know, humans with wings? Gosh, not in my experience. What do they look like? They look like the most beautiful, brilliant day and sunrise and light and with a sense of just deep and abiding joy. What do they look like? Sometimes they look like just too big. Mikael often looks to me just like two big blue eyes, right? What does Gabriel look like? Not much. It's just a sense of incredible joy. Gabriel for me comes in on green. Does that mean he has to come in on green for you? No. He comes in on green for a lot of people. But it's much more of a sense. Do I sense them? I do sense them with spiritual sensing. Do I smell them? Do I hear them? Yes, with spiritual senses. So, so you know, I, I could t- we could literally talk about angels for, I don't know, weeks, and I probably wouldn't run out of things to say. And could I give you experiences? Yes. Um, could I tell you what they look like? I'm much more interested in what they look like for you. Do you know, I'm much more interested in how I can help people experience them for themselves than what I see. I I sense them. I hear them. I smell them. But it's all spiritual sensing. I'm I'm seeing an angel look right through your eyes at me. Mm. Does it have a corporal form? Of course not. It's a sense. Well, to your point, I'm so glad you said that because... These experiences come in just when you said that I felt an energy come through my body and it wasn't like, whoa, an energy just came through my body. It was this subtle, but very sensorial sense of a feeling that, oh, that's not of me, but 
I feel a bit kind of like, oh, there is a sort of sweet thickness in the air and it just kind of swooped on in and my eyes are burning. And then you confirmation by just saying that. And I think that's just a really sweet point because it's like, we don't have to see them with our naked eye. It's like we see without seeing and some people see it with their naked eye because that's the way it needs to show up for them so that it will show up and look like how they're supposed to look so that they can recognize it for what it is and they can apply it to their life the way that they're meant to apply it. So it's like, I've seen Jesus, but Jesus didn't show up as like an African-American with shoes, <laughs> right? <laughs> like the pictures that I've known growing up mm-hmm. and I believe he can show up looking a myriad of different ways. But I think if that were the case for me, I wouldn't know who gave me that experience. I'd be like seeing shamans and being like, was that like mm-hmm. um, Native American, you know, shaman? Or, you know, I wouldn't know. So right. it shows up the way it's meant to show up. And um, you don't have to see to know. And we, again, talk about this a lot where there's a big difference between believing and directly knowing. So given the choice, go for direct knowing a hundred percent of the time. Right. Right. So it's like nobody's exempt at the possibility of experiencing angels, the light. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. How could anybody be exempt from that? And, and, you know, I do want to, and here's my, my cheerleader bit. I, I, I am really, I just, Goodness, I just, if I could say anything to people, I would say, you know, well, two things. One, please stop comparing yourself to other people who say they see this, that, and the other thing. Because you will never sense or know God as purely and clearly in the highest way than as you do. God will come to you, spirit, angels will come to you in the way you can receive it. And your experience is valid. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of people, compare themselves and they also think they're they don't not only do they trip themselves up by thinking they need to experience it like someone else or like someone else says they do they do but they also think that they need to experience it like as clearly as you know they're hearing our voice right now so i would say to people with angels with spirit but let's since we're talking about angels give yourself the benefit of a doubt like that still small voice and that very subtle experience that's it Right. That's it. And that's it. And that's it. Do you know, just to give you an example. So for years, gosh, it must've been a good couple decades when I would experience an angel coming through me to someone, my eyes would burn. Mm. Now I didn't tell you that. And you just said your eyes were burning. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't even think about that for myself, by the way. I don't think, oh, I know it's an angel because my eyes are burning. It's just a sensation that I didn't have a moment ago. And then it came in mm-hmm. like a just mm-hmm. drawn in. And there mm-hmm. was a marked difference in what was going on in my body. Mm-hmm. And okay. And I'm feeling it again. So yeah. it is what it is. And the you know, we're we are getting to a place, hopefully, a, a wish that I have is that this is so normalized that it will help 
the more we talk about it, the more we talk about our eyes burning when we are together, gathered in spirit, when mm -hmm. two or more are gathered together, that we have these experiences and they become less and less, whoa, and more and more like, oh yeah, you too, cool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. We want to we want to normalize it and also it can help us have more of those experiences if if we do recognize the ordinariness of it you know and the etc of it wow that was really beautiful okay next right because it's our ego that wants to jump in and go oh my god i'm god yes. right whereas the godly part of us is just like ah oh, i'm god now and you're god and it's all god and you know, our ego goes, I'm great. And, and our spirit goes, God is great. We're all great. The oneness is great. Love is great. And <laughs> we're God and, oh, okay. Move on. Continue. Keep going. Chop wood, carry water. Carry water. I always end often my podcast with this question, what's the opportunity? Because like you mentioned uh, the beginning of our talk, we're in an incredible time right now. Uh, a lot is going on on the planet. A lot is going on in humanity. A lot is going on in the cycles of creation. And there is massive opportunity. And people listening to this could say, ah, yeah, I've heard that uh, massive opportunity. But there is mm -hmm. massive opportunity. Mm -hmm. What do the angels or maybe you could ask them right now, what is the opportunity for us being embodied on the planet in 2021? What's up? <laughs> well, let's see who wants to answer that. Ah, it's your pal that I keep seeing come in and out of you, which is Gabriel. Me and Gabe. Yeah. And, and a couple others are kind of chiming in and in harmony with him. Lift, lift up, my beloveds. We have seen your weeping and we have seen your challenge and your anger and your frustration. And we have held you that time when you thought you just could not, would not go on. When you're about to give in, give up, we came in from within you and shored you up so that you could know you are never alone. This time of intense challenge, this confluence of many ages coming together is a time of tremendous spiritual opportunity. We archangels have never been closer in than now and that would seem like an outrageous statement when you consider all the significant times that have transpired on this planet but this is a time where rather than seeing this time as a period as a end statement as finite but seeing it as a ray of light, like a sunshine, or like a crystal, 
this is a time where you have endured so much to come to this time where you can now expand and be aware not only of the oneness of humanity, and you see how that has occurred through many different events, but also be aware of the oneness with other planets and the oneness with other dimensions. The angelic and human David elemental becoming one in consciousness, not in actuality, because the physical cannot be the angelic, cannot be the David or the elemental, but in consciousness, they can come into that merging of God's consciousness as pure loving. So the opportunity one is to look up, to take advantage of the tremendous angelic support present for you now, and that won't last forever, but also to look inward and to know that even at your weakest moments, you were bringing your experiences to the Lord and everyone was valuable. And you are more valuable than you can ever conceive. The opportunity is to come into the one accord and to be faithful in your endeavors to reach into the highest and truest part of you. Much has been cleared and there is more things coming that could be challenging. But through it all, Spirit sits right within your heart. So in this time of unknown, surrender into the divine unknowing. And know you are always held by us. Amen. Amen. Ah, that was wonderful to us all waking up to the highest, truest parts of ourselves. And to the joy that rests there. Alicia Hayes, thank you so much for geeking out with me. <laughs> thank you so yeah. much. Such a pleasure. So my pleasure. So my pleasure. It's been delightful. Hey guys, thanks for checking out the Spiritual Geek Out podcast. If you like what you're hearing here, check out more by subscribing on your favorite platform or go to spiritualgeekout.com.